Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the newest episode of the Going Long Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Neal. It is the crazy time in the world of college football right now with the transfer portal now officially open. We've seen a handful of ducks leave. We know um, of a handful of potential ducks that the team might be targeting as well. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about that as we dive into potential names to know, potential uh, positions for Oregon to fill this offseason as well. I also want to look at NFL draft decisions coming up for some players on Oregon's roster. Um, just take a deeper look at who I think will end up staying and who will probably go off to the draft. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Like I said, transfer portal targets, all of that. A lot to get to. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get into it. It is the. Um, I think it's. I think we can say it's officially the off season. I know that there's still a bowl game for Oregon to play. Um, I don't know how excited fans are for that bowl game, the Fiesta Bowl against Liberty. Um, I know that there's there's still some um, contentious feelings. I guess I would say from Duck fans, um, they they kind of feel like there's a little bit of a slap in the face that they're playing Liberty, the number twenty three team in the nation, um, in one of the New Year's Six bowl games. When you know there's other teams. I mean. Oregon State's playing Notre Dame. Arizona's playing Oklahoma. They get these um, really marquee matchups in their bowl games. And Oregon got stuck with the group of five champion um, who, I mean, there was actually some controversy over whether or not Liberty would be the group of five champion too. So, um, you know, it's, that's, that's a different conversation, but by all intents and purposes, this feels like the off season has pretty much started for the Ducks. Yes, there's a bowl game still. Yes, Bo Nix is still playing one more game at Oregon before he goes off to the NFL. But for the most part, you know, we're starting to look into roster management, roster moves, transfer portal, recruiting. It's it's pretty much the off season where I myself, as a content creator, am treating this as the off season now. So we're getting to that off season schedule. One of the biggest things now in the world of college football in the offseason is the transfer portal, and that's something that opened up on Monday. Um, I think it was at midnight on Monday, so since then, over the past you know, 24, 36 hours, it's noon on Tuesday as I record this right now. Um, we've seen a lot, of, a lot of names move into the portal from across the nation. I believe there's over well over 1,000 players um, across the nation and all of college football have entered the transfer portal so far just in the past day and a half. Uh, we've got, let's see, it's six players now for Oregon that have entered the portal. Um, let me just run through those names real quickly. Ashton Cozart, Chris Hudson, Josh Delgado, Brian Addison, Damon David, and Triquez Bridges. Those are the players so far who have entered the portal. Of course, this is a, um, you know, a, a living, breathing thing. Every minute someone new could enter. So I would not be surprised at all if while I'm recording this podcast, I have to pause real quick to... Um, cover someone new that's entered the portal so that's that's just something that happens that's how it is um and you know these days these early days of the transfer portal it's it's always happening and, and something's always happening so um of those six players that have entered so far for the ducks i wouldn't say there are any surprises just a, a peek behind the curtain um myself ton of other reporters we pre-write stories um you know just a bunch of stories to be prepared with for when news like this does break um, you know, we've we all put together lists of of players that we thought you know could potentially 
go into the transfer portal. That doesn't mean they will. Um, that doesn't mean that those are the only players that will. There could be players that aren't on the list that end up transferring as well. But um, for the most part, we've got lists of who we think are most likely to leave. Uh, so far, those six players were all on the list. We all had, you know, I know I'm I'm not alone in saying that I had stories written for all six of those players, um, just because it's not a huge surprise that they were left based on their production, their opportunity, um, just their playing time at Oregon over the past year or two years or three years in some cases. It's not a surprise that they entered the transfer portal and went somewhere else to try and find more playing time, just a different, um, you know, just different scenery, a new, a new set of scenery and, and um, just some, a, a new outlook on the rest of their career. So uh, we wish all of those players the absolute best. They're, they're very talented players and, and definitely can make um, an impact on their future team wherever they do land. But, um, you know, I would not be surprised, like I said, not be surprised if we see several more players from Oregon into the transfer portal. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see as many as 10 more. Um, you know, Oregon is over the roster limit right now. They need to trim down some of these these players that aren't getting a ton of playing time to make room for, for other players that are coming in. So don't freak out um, if you're seeing Oregon players, several Oregon players into the transfer portal. This is part of college football now. And it's it's needed at Oregon. You need to clear, again. You need to clear these spots. You're currently over the limit. Um, I expect more of this roster movement to continue to churn, um, and you know it'll it'll take place over the next few weeks. You'll see a lot more come in. With that, you're going to see a lot of you know incoming transfers as well. We're going to talk about um, transfer targets. I know I teased that at the top. There's several players that Oregon fans should make note of and just be be aware of that are in the portal that could potentially. Um, become Oregon Ducks over the next couple of weeks, couple of months. Before we get into those um, transfer portal targets, I want to talk a little bit more about draft declaration first, just so we get an idea of um, guys that are absolutely leaving the the roster this year and guys that could be leaving and heading to the NFL draft. Um, first off, some major guys that are out of eligibility and will um, absolutely be leaving this year to go to the NFL draft or, or go wherever. Um, starts obviously Bo Nix, Brandon Dorless, Evan Williams, Popo Almavai, uh, Kyrie Jackson, Stephen Jones, um, Steve Stevens, and then a couple of others as well. Those are all guys that either you know starters or major contributors on Oregon's roster this year that they they can't return. They're out of eligibility. They will have to go to the NFL draft or or wherever their next step takes them. Uh, I think for most people they'll try and get into the NFL draft and um, see what what lands for them there, but. There's also a lot of guys that have big decisions to make. You know, they've got a chance to come back to Oregon. They've got eligibility remaining, but they've also got a chance to capitalize on what they've done so far and test the NFL draft uh, draft waters. So of those guys, um, I'm just going to run through the list and then I'll go into a more detailed, I guess, prediction and what I think on on what they're going to do. But um, to start it off, you got Jordan Birch, Jackson Powers Johnson, Troy Franklin, Tez Johnson, Bucky Irving, Terrence Ferguson, Jeffrey Bassa, Justin Jacobs, Taishim Johnson, Johnny Cornelius, and Marcus Harper. Um, just, uh, you know, starting at the top there with Jordan Birch, I think he will probably end up going to the draft this year. I know that he would, um, he could benefit from coming back and maybe having just a, another really good year, get himself into that, you know, first or second round draft um, range, I guess, with that draft, with that draft grade. But, um, you know, I, I think he's done enough. He would be a mid-round pick in my eyes, probably a third, fourth, maybe fifth round pick. 
Um, his his talent is absolutely there. He's put it on tape. He's a really solid player. He's got a great frame. Um, I I think in the end he probably ends up going. I would say the same for Jackson Powers Johnson and Troy Franklin as well. I'm going to lump those two together because these two are you know they've been some of the best players on the team for the Ducks this year, and they absolutely have great draft grades right now. For Troy Franklin, I mean he's a a potential late round or late first round pick, early second round pick. He's broken a number of records at Oregon this year. I don't think that there's anything he could do at another year at Oregon that would you know improve his draft stock. I think he's already as high as his draft stock's going to be. Um, maybe I mean with another year he could get into you know mid first round instead of late first round. But um, I think he is he's someone that I feel is confident is is gone. Um, and that, that goes for JPJ too. I could see Jackson returning. Um, but I don't think, I think he should probably, you know, capitalize on the year that he's had as a finalist for the Remington award, which is, which goes to the top center in the nation. Um, he's someone who, if he went to the draft, I think would probably have a, a mid to late second round or third round grade. So I think that he's probably someone that's going to go. Tez Johnson. Um, Tez is someone that I think is probably going to return. He, you know, he, really improved his stock a lot this year because he came to a from Troy to a power five conference and showed that he can be a you know a very very good wide receiver but coming back this year or next year he can be that wide receiver one for the ducks he can be that he can really up his draft stock next year instead of just getting on the you know on the radar for NFL scouts he can be um, one of the top guys, I don't, I don't know because of his size that he's going to be a, you know, first, second, third round pick, but I think he can be, um, definitely a, a day two or day three draft pick where right now, if you win, I think he'd probably be an undrafted free agent, but I think Tez will come back. Bucky Irving, I think probably is going to leave, um, again, like with Troy Franklin and JPJ, I don't know that he can improve his stock too much by returning, um, He's already he's proved a lot at the college level and shown that he can be a, a very dynamic runner. I think he goes. Um, I'm I'm pretty up in the air on Terrence Ferguson. Um, I could see him going and capitalizing on his draft stock right now. I could really see him returning as well and just coming back for one more year, trying to improve his draft stock, get to a um, you know a day two pick at best. Um, he's someone you know I I put it around probably 60%, 40% with in favor of him returning. But again, I would not be surprised at all to see him go. Then going over to the defense for a little bit, Jeffrey Bassa and Justin Jacobs, I think both of them are going to return. Um, I think that both have futures in the NFL, Justin Jacobs especially. I know his plan originally was to um, come to Oregon for one year and then head to the NFL, but then he did suffer that injury and miss the first half of the season. So I think him and Bossa both return, um, and I think that that's great for the Ducks because you know the linebacking core just needs that production and needs that veteran leadership. So I think both of them will be really good. Uh, back in Eugene for another year. I'd be surprised if either of them left. Um, same goes for Tyshim Johnson. I think that he definitely can benefit from another year in college. I don't think he would get drafted this year. If he went, he'd probably be an undrafted free agent. Then looking at the offensive line for the final two, with Johnny Cornelius, um, he's someone, I mean, he definitely has NFL talent. I think he could stand for another year in college, though, and just kind of hone that talent and just up his stock a little bit. He's someone that with another year, with another season that we, you know, think that he's capable of, he could be a first or second round pick. He's got the body size. He's got the talent. 
um, you know, he, he kind of fits that mold of an NFL offensive tackle. Um, I just think he needs another year to, to put it on tape and show what he's capable of. And for Marcus Harper, you know, I, that's a tough one. I kind of tossed that one up too. I can see him coming back. I could also see him decided to go to the NFL and, and test the draft waters a little bit, but I think I lean towards him coming back in the end. All right, let's talk about uh, let's just get into the transfer news and get to, get some talk about the transfer portal going first. Before we talk about targets, um, I just want to talk about transfer portal positions that I think Oregon's going to be looking at. Um, there are several, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about all of them. But starting at the top, they're going to look for a new quarterback. They're going to look at running back. They're going to look at wide receiver. They're going to look at tight end. Uh, mostly depending on what Terrence Ferguson does, but I think they'll still keep an eye on the tight tight end market. They're going to look at offensive line, depending on what a Johnny Cornelius does. Um, and you you also have Steven Jones gone, maybe uh, maybe Marcus Harper gone. So I think they'll um, I think they'll definitely keep an eye on the offensive line. They're going to look at defensive line in that edge position, see if any um, really notable players pop up. They're going to look at linebacker, at cornerback, and at safety. I know I pretty much just listed almost all of the positions, um, and it's it's because that we've seen. Dan Lanning and this coaching staff show a propensity to to look anywhere in the transfer portal and always take someone if a really good player pops up. And there's some of those positions, I mean, like quarterback, like wide receiver, like cornerback and safety and linebacker as well, that they really need. Um, it's not just a, it's not just to take someone if they're available. They need to get someone there. They need to get more depth and more talent there um, from what we saw this year. So I think going forward, it's going to be a little bit of the norm that every year, Regardless of who's on the roster, Oregon's going to be in a position where they go and try and get a top-rated cornerback or a, a tackle or a wide receiver or a, a defensive end, an edge rusher. Um, every every season, I think that they're just going to be in the market for that because that's how you can get those um, those pieces that kind of put you over the edge. That's where you get your Jordan Birch. That's where you get your Christian Gonzalez, um, your Tez Johnson, your Johnny Cornelius. Um, you know, those are, those are just such good positions where there's constantly people jumping in the portal, whether it's from a smaller program like Tez Johnson with Troy, or whether it's someone like Kyrie Jackson, who didn't really have a chance at, uh, at Alabama, but wanted a a bigger chance. So, um, just going forward, I think those are positions that you can always keep an eye on. But, uh, with that being said, let's look into some, uh, just some names to be aware of going forward. At the very top, obviously, I talked about um, the need to to get a transfer portal quarterback. And for those of you who say that, well, you know, Oregon has Ty Thompson. Why do they need a, a quarterback if we believe that Ty Thompson um, is, you know, going to ultimately get that job? I think that's up in the air right now. I think that, you know, we've we've seen what Ty can do. I know that the coaches like him, but I know that they also want to just, um, you know, avoid just handing him the job. They're going to make him compete for it. And I think it's, you know, it's been very clear, been made very clear that they're going to bring in a transfer portal quarterback. There's two that are kind of leading the way right now, and that's Oklahoma's Dylan Gabriel and Washington State's Cam Ward. Cam Ward was the initial front runner because he was in the portal earlier. Um, He's a very talented player. Um, He's among the top available quarterbacks in the portal. Someone who the Ducks certainly like. This past year, Washington State, he played in 12 games, had over 3,700 yards, 32 total touchdowns, seven interceptions. Really dynamic player. Um, struggled with accuracy a little bit, but he's someone that is very evasive in the pocket. And um, he's just a gamer, man. He he plays super well when the, the stakes get high. 
Um, I know that the Ducks really like him, but it seems right now that Dylan Gabriel has turned into the favorite um, to to ultimately end up at Oregon. Former Oklahoma quarterback, um, he is a, I believe this would be his sixth season, super, super senior. He had a medical redshirt a couple of years ago that would, that gave him an extra year of eligibility, but this guy is is really, really good. He's played in 50 games in his college career. He's got almost 15,000 yards. Um, 152 total touchdowns, 26 interceptions. Um, this guy, he just he just makes sense at Oregon. This is a former. He's he was born in Hawaii. He grew up um, idolizing Marcus Mariota. He wears number eight uh, because of Mariota. Um, he there was a report just before I started recording this from ESPN's Pete Thamel that he is um, planning to visit Oregon at some time this week, and the Ducks are considered the favorite to get him. So. Don't be surprised if in the next day or two, or even, you know, maybe it's already happened when you're listening to this, if Gabriel ends up as the quarterback for the Ducks, because I think that that would be a a home run for Oregon. And I think that he's, you know, he's kind of a plug and play player. Um, He's someone who could come in and he was in the Heisman conversation uh, earlier this year with Oklahoma. And if you put him behind Oregon's offensive line and you give him some of the the weapons and the skill players that Oregon has to offer, I think that he'd be in the Heisman conversation once again. And, you know, it's, it's hard to predict what next year looks like because of the move to the big 10. But I think if Oregon goes into the big 10 with, with Dylan Gabriel as their quarterback, they can feel pretty confident about their chances. One other quarterback just to make note of is Dante Moore. Um, obviously, Oregon fans know a lot about Dante Moore already. He was committed to the Ducks for a long time before flipping to UCLA late last year. Um, he flipped right after Kenny Dillingham left for Arizona State, too. So um, he entered the transfer portal once again, leaving UCLA and Chip Kelly behind. He's come out and said that he's, you know, he's not focused on playing time wherever he goes he's focused on qb development he's okay with going somewhere where he's going to sit for a year as long as he can grow and develop and become a better quarterback and have a better chance to you know not only play but succeed and win in the future that's what makes him an interesting you know prospect for oregon to look at right now a news story came out yesterday that oregon is one of the schools that he's really looking at this year he's also looking at florida state michigan and miami (laughs) Um, which, you know, I, I made the joke on Twitter. It's really funny that he's said that he's focused on quarterback development. And then he lists Miami as one of his final schools with Mario Cristobal because, uh, Oregon fans know how well, um, Mario Cristobal can, can develop a a quarterback, but that's a different conversation. Um, anyway, if you, if Oregon fans can get out of this transfer portal market and get Dylan Gabriel or Cam Ward, either one, I think they'd be really good with both. And then also get Dante Moore as someone who could come in and um, grow for a year behind them and then take over in 2025. I think that's a home run. That's absolutely everything you could ever want. Um, Honestly, if you were going to ask me if I had to pick between either Cam Ward and Dylan Gabriel, one of those two, or Dante Moore, which one are you going to go for? I'd say Dante Moore, to be completely honest, because I think that, you know, the fact that he's got more eligibility, he's got uh, three years of eligibility left, um, and just the upside that he has, and the I think the confidence that I have in Will Stein to groom a quarterback and to kind of put him in the right position to succeed, I think that that is a better option for the Ducks. I, I don't know that he'd be an amazing quarterback this year in 2024, um, but I think down the road, that'd be the better the better future. But in the end, I mean, getting a starter, a veteran starter this year, whether it's Gabriel or Ward, 
um, and also getting more to come in behind them. I think that is absolutely as good as you can do in the portal as a duck fan this year. There's a few other names to to look out for. I'm just going to go through them quickly. Um, at the wide receiver position, Will Shepard for Vanderbilt. Um, he is a, a very solid player. He had eight touchdowns this past year. He's got 21 touchdowns in his career. He's a veteran player. Uh, 42 games played at Vanderbilt. Um, edge rusher, Duke edge rusher, RJ Oban, another really good player. 41 games in his career. He's got 18 tackles for loss, 13 and a half sacks. Um, in his career, that'd be a, a really solid addition to the defensive line. Uh, one of the most notable um, players to enter the transfer portal that I think Oregon actually has, I've, you know, it's been reported that Oregon is on the short list for him, is Texas A&M de- uh, defensive lineman Walter Nolan, a former five-star player. He's someone who Dan Lanning recruited hard when he was at Georgia. Um, Nolan had the Georgia Bulldogs among his top uh, his top three schools, I believe it was, before committing to Texas A and M. He entered the portal this past week. He's been, you know, a really really solid player down in Texas A and M. He's got five sacks in his career, sixty six tackles in two years. He was the number one overall player in the class of twenty twenty two. He's one of the top players, if not, I think he actually may be the top player in the transfer portal this year. That would make sense. Um. He's someone that, you know, I, I could really see Dan Lanning going after hard. Um, you know, they they would probably put a lot of money, a lot of NIL money on him because he is a incredibly talented player. And I think that they're gonna they're gonna try hard to get him. Two more names to note uh before we before we move on to the next topic, but both of these linebackers and, and both players that I think could really um, you know, improve Oregon's defense. The first one is Maryland's linebacker Jayshon Barham. Um, this is an incredibly talented young player. He um, he could definitely be a linebacker that Oregon looks at in the Portland offices, and he kind of fits the nature of a big-bodied linebacker that Oregon's been transitioning to. He's six foot four, two hundred thirty pounds, still really quick side to side, got elite speed on the um, you know getting sideline to sideline. Um, he ends the portal on a Monday, and he's expected to be you know courted heavily as one of the top linebackers. He's got two two years of eligibility remaining. He was named a freshman All-American um, in 2022 after having 58 tackles and four sacks as a true freshman in Maryland. Um, he was also a big All-Big Ten honorable mention in 2022. Uh, this was, you know, <clears throat> coming as a Barham, coming as a recruit, was I think the 119th overall player in the nation. So he's a very, very talented player with a lot of high upside. I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon was looking hard at him. The other one uh, just entered the portal on on Tuesday morning, a little bit before I started recording this, is former UTSA linebacker slash edge rusher Trey Moore. Um, you know, he's someone he was not a high recruit at all. I don't think that he had any stars, any recruiting stars coming out of high school, but he's really made a name for himself. He was the AAC Defensive Player of the Year in 2023. He had 14 sacks this past year. He has 22 sacks in his two-year career. Um, over 30 tackles for loss, 105 total tackles. Um, this is someone that I really could see. I would not be surprised at all if Oregon got them, got him. Um, you know, you you have the Will Stein connection from UTSA. Will Stein, Oregon's offensive coordinator, of course, the former offensive coordinator at UTSA. So, um, I, you know, I there are different sides of the ball. I know Stein didn't maybe directly coach. Um, more, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to use that relationship and bridge that gap a little bit and kind of get more to at least consider the Ducks and see where they can go from there. So those are two names that I uh, I think are very worth 
paying attention to going forward. I should have said at the top um, when I started this conversation about transfer portal targets, if you want a longer list, I know I went over a few names. We've got a much longer list on Duxwire. Um, you know, just a, a ton of names to look at. I think there's probably up over 15 names, maybe 20 names on there right now, just of, you know, top rated guys in the portal at positions of need for Oregon that I believe the Ducks are, are going to be talking to and uh, going to be pursuing some names that I've um, I've been told that they're they're definitely reaching out to some that I think it'd be smart for them to reach out to if they haven't already. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Um, I'm probably going to shift back to a once-a-week schedule going forward now that football season is largely over. Uh, I may come on for a quick episode here and there. If anything major happens, if they get a major, you know, say Dylan Gabriel commits or Cam Ward commits or something like that happens, maybe come on for a special episode just to break that down. But um, we'll we'll see. That'll be a you know in-the-moment decision. We'll see about that. For the most part, you can expect a midweek episode from here on out going forward. Um, the transfer portal is continuing. National Signing Day is coming up. I believe that's on December 20th. Uh, we've got bowl prep after that, and then we are into the off-season mode following roster moves and um, all of that while we turn our focus more to basketball, which has been you know pretty entertaining. I know that I didn't think I recorded the episode on Sunday before that basketball game, but Jackson Selstad, true freshman, hit a game-winning three in overtime over Michigan. So that was fun. That was, uh, you know, I think Oregon fans were pretty down in the dumps on Sunday. Or, excuse me, that was on Saturday. Um, they were pretty down in the dumps after that game on Friday. But to have Shellstad do that, um, I think, was pretty entertaining. So um, thank you guys for listening and following along. If you want to check out more of my work, you can find it all at duckswire.usatoday.com. Follow me at Zachary C. Neal on Twitter. We'll talk to you guys next week. Until then, take it easy. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.